This season of Cancelled Movie Report is brought to you by the amazing people that support us over on our newly launched Patreon. But you know what? More about that later on. Hello and welcome back to Cancelled Movie Report, the documentary podcast series that talks about the best movies that Hollywood never made. My name is Michael Campbell, but you can call me Cambo. And joining me as always is actor and comedian Mr. Eden Porter. Thank you very much for having me, Cambo. And of course, we're halfway through a movie. It'd be rude for us not to invite him back as our very special guest. You may know him from Total Reboot or Finding Drago, Finding Desperado, of which he also, I believe, won an Australian podcasting award like like we oh, bragged about last week. He was <laughs> humble enough not to. It's Mr. Alexi Toliopoulos. Very much like you guys as well. I believe second place, yeah. but I still claim it as an award. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, until we win first place, we don't want first place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad to be back. I'm freaking, I'm on the hook right now. I'm going psycho trying to find out what happens next. Hopefully you represent the listeners, Alexi, and people needed to come back. <laughs> if you need a little refresh, here is a quick recap for you. I've got this bell. Now, if you hear anything that sounds like perhaps it's been repurposed into a, another Batman movie, I want you to just ring the bell. Any other Batman movie? Any other Batman movie. So I want to explain Batman's monologues, uh, or his voiceovers, because they're done in the context of diary entries, but also these diary entries are letters to his dead father. Yeah, so already we've done away with Wayne Manor. He does not live in Wayne Manor. He lives in a tiny shoebox apartment, and he works in a cargo room. We get to see the murder of the Waynes. Obviously, they're leaving, leaving the movie theater, and they've just seen Zorro. Yeah, right. That's the Always movie Zorro, just, yeah. But it's also notable because Zorro is going to be a motif. In First off, mm-hmm. it's thrown out everything I knew about Batman. <laughs> yeah. yeah, shitty apartment. He's loading crap into a truck. Then he's looking at a porno theater across the road. And like <laughs> Women, they're either damsels or prostitutes in a Frank Miller story. So Yeah, um, that's true. Unfortunately, Selena's been made into a prostitute. This place is clearly a breeding ground for corruption. Yeah. They're taking payments and money left, right and center. We also learned that Jim, he wants no part of this. He's an honest cop. Yeah, and well, he's the only honest cop. I'm going uh, <laughs> to, again, we're going to look at Batman there. And then suddenly there's a tussle between him and Selena. Like he's really kind of going, this is getting quite violent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Suddenly, Bruce appears in the room and crack, she hits Bruce. He's, he's dead. He, he doesn't know what happened here. He, he's like, what happened? I passed out. Why is this guy dead? dead? What's yeah. going on? He's very confused about it. And then they see a freaking <laughs> lunatic holding a revolver to a little baby's head in the movie. <laughs> Far this, I had chills listening to that. This is a, this is a dirty little freaking movie. Yeah. This is a grub star. Digs through the exploded wooden box and he reveals his father's heavy silver signet ring. And it bears the intertwined initials T and W. His father's signet ring leaves a mark on its victims. <gasps> As the T and the W overlap, it resembles a crude outline of a bat. Thank you. There you go. <laughs> we cut back to Gordon, and despite Man Noon's advice, he's still collecting evidence about corruption on the floor. Gordon pivots. There's more baseball bats approaching from every direction. We see silhouettes of dozens of cops swinging their baseball bats at a helpless Gordon. Bruce cuts the hockey mask in half and he spray paints it black along with the ammo belt and everything. I have everything I need. All the pieces are falling into place. Everything has changed. I am reborn. I will show them no mercy. Father, you will have your revenge. Now, let's get back into it. Okay, so we've left this film at the midway point 
Gordon been beaten badly by the other cops. Batman finally becoming Batman, albeit with no front teeth anymore. But I think we should take a moment to just assess. In episode one, we heard a lot of the influences that were apparently going to help build this movie. Mm. What influences from the ones listed, or even not the ones listed, can you see coming through in this movie? Are there any, Alexia, that you're picking up on? The taxi driver stuff is really crazy to me. Like, hearing him going out and buying, like, uh, improvised weapons and stuff feels very much like the kind of... Travis arming himself with like revolvers and then making like those, uh, like how Travis Bickle makes that slide yeah. in his arm so he can like have a concealed gun that slides out and he can quickly arm himself. Feels so much like the kind of griminess of that coming right through into uh, this version of Batman. And I think the other big influence that we talked about, like being the kind of gritty 70s cop dramas like your Serpico and your French Connection. Weirdly, at the moment, it feels like those are in plot only because I think this feels much dirtier and grimier than those. It, I think Taxi Driver does feel like the prime tonal, at least, the prime tonal influence. Yeah, and not a world away from Joker that we ended up getting, albeit yeah. that was more King of Comedy, but and I think, it's just a Scorsese yeah. movie. I think the the, yeah. the, the rage, the the un, sort of the Unholy under the service, rage, this under the service sort of building up as well, that, that that very much comes through in terms of that how his psyche sort of going. He's just, he just sort of focused it now into a different direction, yeah. Also something I want to point out, something I noticed when reading the script, very small scale. Yeah. This is mm. not a, a big sets. Batman yeah, that's movie. That's true. That's true. It's actually. taken place in mainly in offices, police precincts, and actually, small yeah, apartments. because outside of the mechanic, the strip club, and the mm. um, like, a couple of offices, yep. there really hasn't been any big set pieces or anything like that. I'll be honest. I'm imagining it almost like Batman Returns, where it's like, yeah, it's all set on one block in Gotham City. <laughs> 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 it just feels like, yeah, the porno theaters across from his yeah. house, the mechanics out the back, the yeah. police stations around the other side of the block. Yeah, but. This is something else. We touched a little bit on the creepiness of Frank Miller. Mm. And Mm. something I want to point out that we actually did last episode, and I didn't tell you boys, and I'll let you know now. The word whore shows up so frequently in this script. And we've actually removed them because it feels too far. Even in, like, people saying it, sure, if it's in line with the character, or whatever. But even in the scene descriptions, it'll be like a My bunch God. of whores move through the street. It's <laughs> oh, Frank. It's weird. It's that uh, feels like such a Frank Miller to even have like derogatory slurs in the big print. Of yeah, the yes. Yes. <laughs> Yuck. Yes. So yes, we have we've, we've sanitized this yeah. a little bit. Okay. And even then, even then, like yeah, it's still pretty grimy. Even then, I'm clutching my pearls, feeling <laughs> that they'll fall away and tumble across <laughs> like Martha Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get back into the uh, into the story. So we now see Gordon. He's he's a, he's a bit patched up now. He, you know he's he's been beaten last episode. He's mm. back at work, and he gets called into Commissioner Loeb's office. Remember, Commissioner Loeb very corrupt. Yeah, very corrupt. And he's been told that he's been reassigned. Gordon is now on the Batman case. They need to stop this guy at all costs. We cut now to. Gordon, and he's, he's in a new office. And so essentially this happens in the comic book as well. The police don't like Batman because he's exposing corruption. Yeah. But also they know it's almost an impossible task. So essentially they're saying to Gordon, 
good luck. Yeah, like, yeah, you're going to have to go. This is a dead end. Yeah, you have to yeah. go fight this psychopath, but it's going to take up your time. You can't investigate anything else. You're just on the Batman case. So we cut into his new office, and on the walls hang maps with numbered pins, police sketches of the Batman, and a photo of the marks that the victims faces that you know the, the bat the crude bat on their face and as gordon enters we see his a new young police officer called merkel uh, they jump up to greet gordon morning three more came in last night sir let me guess we'll find them all in the prison wing at gotham mercy yeah all three were admitted last night <sighs> Better hit the road then, and get my coffee on the way. Cut to Gotham Memorial Hospital. Gordon and Merkel walk down the hall. Beaten men lie cuffed to hospital beds. Dr. Wallace approaches them. Morning, Doctor. I hear you have a few more guests for us to talk to. Merkel, Gordon. Eh, your lacerations seem to be healing nicely. So what do you have for us today? Yeah, a couple guys from an electronics store heist. Broken clavicle. Some ribs. Dislocated shoulder, concussion, and about 12 hours surgery between them. And the other one? A pusher from Stillmore Heights. He'll need some dental work, and he took about 75 stitches. But he's okay. We have him in isolation if you want to talk to him. Hmm. Yeah? Seems he was made to, uh, eat his own product. Had to keep him away from the general population. Merkel, do you notice anything about these men? You mean the mark of the bat? No. I'm talking about their spirit. <sighs> These men are broken. Scared. Here's your drug dealer. In the corner of the padded room, cowers a former shell of a once tough street pusher. His haunted eyes are framed by a stitched up wound that still resembles a bat. Cut to Harvey Dent's office. Dent enters the room with Gordon. You're kidding me. I'm the Batman vigilante. My wife would love this. Hey, you're young. You work out. And I've seen your record. You have no love for organized crime. I saw the Estrada trial on TV. Yeah, well, he's still on the streets, isn't he? If I was the vigilante, Estrada would be making license plates right now, not running Gotham's prostitution racket. Yeah, must be frustrating. You know, Estrada's operation has been hit quite a few times. A detective was even killed at one of his brothels. I heard. Detective Campbell. No big loss for the department, from what I understand. <laughs> yeah, well, I have a list of dates and times. I'd like for you to account for your whereabouts. Sorry, Detective. I was in D.C. at a convention for three of these dates. And my wife will tell you I was home with her for most of the rest. I'm not your Batman. Wish I was, but I'm not. <sighs> no, you don't. He's a dangerous psychopath. And when I catch him, he's going down hard. I'm surprised to hear you say that, Gordon. I hear you're one of the few remaining good cops on the force. Oh, Christ, not you two. Who of all people should know, we live in a society of laws. This guy isn't a hero. He thinks he's above the law. He's a terrorist. Plain and simple. So they managed to sneak oh, wow. in a we live in a society into here. Yeah, we you know we live in a society. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Gordon's he's 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 in he's in a dead dead end right now, isn't he? He is. Yeah, Dent was maybe his suspicion. He's a young idealistic man. Yeah. It's not corrupt, but um, but no, it, it was 
at DC at a conference for some oh, of those okay, days. Okay, okay. So it can't be okay, him. Okay, interesting. So um, also, I just want to test here, um, not, not that this occurred just then, but we do obviously have the bell, which we're going to call the reuse bell, I guess. Yes. <laughs> uh, I just want you to test it out, make sure it's still coming through. Yeah. Great. Yeah, we got it. You're going to have to use that later. <laughs> oh, I'm going to warm up. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Yeah, start cracking those fingers <laughs> to get ready to tap that bell. Okay, this will be very interesting. So we now cut to the upholstery district in a new cat house. So remember, Selena's been missing for a big chunk of this movie. Yeah, this movie. is true. Yeah, she disappeared. Can I just stop you there for a moment? Aronofsky's version of Gotham has an upholstery district. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently so. Like, do we've got the furniture quarter and the upholstery district of Gotham? <laughs> It's, uh, yeah, well, I mean, I guess maybe they had the theatre district as well, which was where the old theatre turned into the peep show. So maybe you're going to find out that the upholstery district, perhaps that has also been turned into brothels. Oh, mate, everything's been because turned into brothels. Because the upholstery there. district has been turned into brothels. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> My God. Well, they had to do something with all those mattresses once yeah. all the bed and linen stores closed down in the upholstery district. So we see Selena again. She's with her friend Holly. So Holly was with her in earlier scene. She's kind of like her best pal. Yeah. Catwoman all, all, sometimes is paired with like a little best pal. Yep. Dark Knight Rises, mm-hmm. she's got one. In the comic book, she's got Holly. Uh, the Batman as well. She's got a roommate, quote unquote. She does have she a does roommate. She does have a roommate, yep. Uh, we, we're now in a large warehouse, but it's been divided by plywood into dozens of small rooms, all housing prostitutes. Oh, God. This is real Paul Schrader hours <laughs> going on here. <laughs> Selena talks about how she feels wronged by all the people in her life that have been taking advantage of them. It's not just Chi-Chi, but it's the powerful that are profiting from them too. And like their clientele are like these big, important police and political figures. And that maybe it's time that they did something to get them all back. This is this is definitely happening right now. This is all this is Selena's classic thing about like mm-hmm. well it's not it's a little bit more than tax the rich. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's Rock take the rich. down the rich. Yeah, exactly. Of course it was reused as hustlers, my favorite Jennifer Lopez <laughs> movie as well. <laughs> yeah, so that's that comes through in most in most catwoman uh, portrayals. Yes, it's always yeah. like that, yeah. So that's we know Selena. She's now planning. She's going to take some revenge on some of these people that have t- taken advantage of them. Big time. So we now cut back to Harvey Dent's office, and Gordon he comes storming in. Harvey, I need a favor. Good morning to you too, Jim. I need a search warrant. You don't need a warrant to search my place, Jim. You're always welcome. Come over tonight. Dig through my underwear drawer for a mask and a cape. Sorry, you're not a suspect anymore, Harvey. You're just not Batman material. <laughs> My wife will be so disappointed. She's really into the suit. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, I, I, I didn't need to hear that. It's not a Batman thing, Harvey. I've got a hunch. A hunch? Aren't you supposed to stick to the Batman case? That's what I need you for. I can't request it myself. Okay, I'm listening. Okay. After we spoke, I got to thinking about the Campbell murder. He was killed inside one of Estrada's cat houses just before the vigilante appeared. And Estrada's prostitution ring has been hammered by the vigilante. So you think Estrada can lead you to the Batman? Or the other way around. It doesn't matter. I still don't get it. Look, I, I just want to take a look inside of one of Estrada's warehouses, okay? Hey, okay, you got it. I'll put the request in front of Judge Gillen this afternoon. Jim, this Batman thing is really getting to you, huh? <sighs> The guy's slippery. He's getting better. Doing bigger and bigger criminals. 
He's changing his MO, using a random pattern so we can't catch him. He's been working on his disguise. It's transforming. Yes, go on. Yeah, big time. There's so many scenes where Gordon and uh, and um, old um, Dent, Dent need a warrant. They need a warrant. It's that classic scene of him going to ask for warrants and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Classic of their dynamic, I would yeah, say. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So how do we feel about the fact that the main plot of this is about taking down a prostitution ring? So you can, so hang on, are you, are you saying that you can't imagine a little kid hanging around <laughs> with his little prostitute action figures with Batman going, I've got to defend the prostitutes. <laughs> you can't imagine that. Yeah, he's got the he's got the bordello play set to yeah, play yeah. with all these little figurines in. <laughs> By the way, very interesting will-they-won't-they they vibes between Gordon and uh, Dent. Like, that was very flirty between them. Like, can you, yeah, why don't you check my underwear? You're liking the charged energy between the two. Yeah, I like that. To me, that's a cool take. It's like, yeah, everyone's hooking up with each other. Everyone's gay. I like that. I hope they bring that into the Batman. Yeah. In this version, everyone's a prostitute. Everyone's. <laughs> aren't we all prostitutes in some way? The other thing is with the crime family, it's usually always Falcone. The Falcone. Yeah, yes. like it's usually always that. But they've is, is this in the comic book? Estrada, who is the person yeah. they're going after. Yeah. So we learn a bit of information there that all these prostitute houses are owned by Estrada. Yeah. The very man Dent swore in last episode, yeah, I'm going to take you and Dent. Estrada yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. So Dent, this is personal for Dent. Uh, not so much in the comic book. This is the a lot of this prostitution ring takedown invented for the movie. Ah, uh, okay. The, the, yeah. Again, the comic's only four issues. It's very, yeah, very yeah, small. Yeah. They don't have time for all the uh, prostitutes. Yeah. No. Yeah. One thing I'm noticing as well is in the last episode, I was wondering who the villain was going to be. It really feels like... It really feels like Batman is the villain. <laughs> yeah. yeah, in, in to to uh, to Gordon definitely, like he's seen which as a, a psychopath take, yeah. and a terrorist. Yeah, which is an interesting. Which like Travis yeah. Bickle is to be cl- to be clear. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's no hero. No. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You just reminded me that one time I went to go see Taxi Driver like in a retrospective screening and it was packed out. And the guy that I sat next to, this stranger, was like this slubby old guy. He was a huge slob. And whenever Travis started killing people, I could just hear him go, Oh, fuck yeah, man. Fucking <laughs> oh, Travis. my God, dude. And I'm like, okay. I'm sitting next to a guy that thinks Travis Bickle's the freaking hero of this movie. <laughs> this movie is made for that one guy. Out yeah, there yeah, yeah. So we now see the Batman standing on top of a roof watching the East End warehouse. I'm just going to say that. Because <laughs> <laughs> Batman standing yeah, on a roof? Yeah, been used yeah, since, yeah, actually. So. <laughs> yeah. But this is actually in the- this version, I'm imagining all the roofs are like literally like two, three stories tall. Like, it <laughs> yeah, just yeah, feels quite low small rise. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is the first time we actually see the full Batman. Obviously, before he was doing his different iterations, yeah. and then at the end of last episode, he's got I've got my yeah. suit. This is the first time we really see the Batman on the rooftop. And he's watching one of the warehouses that Gordon wanted a warrant for. And in fact, he's watching down below as Gordon and a bunch of uniformed cops, they file out of the warehouse and Gordon balls up a search warrant. He throws it into the gutter. It's disgusting. Didn't work. So we cut to inside this warehouse and we see Chi-Chi, the pimp, and various other gang members. They're, they're all in an office. It's a kind of office with the big glass windows overlooking the warehouse with high glass skylights. Well, high glass skylights. What? Oh. What? I'm going to hit that again because 
Someone always smashes through skylights. <laughs> Batman, yeah. the Riddler, everyone. There's there's always skylight. You, you see a skylight in a film like that, it's going to be. I think Clooney even came through a skylight. Yeah, he did. Everyone, yeah, yeah, yeah. He introduced himself very politely to Mr. Freeze. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, they've got important note. They've got the big skylight. Right. But we see that they're all they're all meeting. Uh, there's one of the head of this collective of pimps is a guy called Sanchez, and they they're mocking the police who just left because they couldn't find anything with their search warrant and it even like it, it described as like malnutrition women around what the, malnourished yeah, women yeah 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 because they're like it's now they're at a warehouse down to the docks so it's starting to indicate that they're like trafficking these women in man this is a dirty movie this is so <laughs> this is grimy at every point they're like yeah yeah by the way everything's Fucked up and sick in this world. It's yeah. so gross. So here's a twist that no one saw coming. Crash! A shower of glass <laughs> drops from the overhead skylight. <laughs> As the Batman, and he is always in the script called The Batman. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, wow. yeah. Ding With the bell. Hi- yeah, I've seen another Yeah, movie yeah, yeah. That yeah. Does well, that yeah, too. if it's that. So the hyphen script. between Bat and Man as well, which is something that's not a, a hyphen. Yeah. Oh. Okay, uh, take the ding back out. So he, he crashes through the skylight and he lands on Sanchez's desk. And he's described in the script as a terrifying demon of the night. Pure menace. Fucking great. And there's a big warehouse fight. Oh, I'm fucking, uh, yeah, I was going to say, warehouse fight, Ben yes, Affleck. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, boxes it is, everywhere. He, he, does, yeah. he is throwing boxes at people. It, it is the warehouse fight. Great. Uh, but he finally, he grabs Sanchez and he asks him where his boss Estrada is. He's told... That he's down on the docks. He's picking up the new shipment of girls. Okay, now this is where we first see the Batmobile. Oh, so he does have a Batmobile throughout the film because he's a mechanic. Batman's been working on a car, tinkering, tinkering oh, on a car. I love this. I love this. That we've never quite seen, and this is the first time we see it as he's driving down to the docks. Tell me if this rings a bell. Okay. A black Lincoln Continental drives through a bleak, barren street of Gotham at breakneck speed. But this is no ordinary Lincoln Continental. It's the Batmobile. And its windows are tinted opaque. Heavy steel bumper modifications have been welded to its chassis. Its hood has been chopped to make room for a supercharged school bus engine that powers it. And it drives without headlights, like a demon car possessed. Reckless and demonic. That sound familiar? Yeah, I'm going to hit the bell yeah. for that because I think we've all just lived through that scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's the Batman. That's, yeah, he literally great. drives. I don't know if it's a Lincoln Continental. I think it's a different muscle car, but essentially mm-hmm. he souped up a muscle car. But yeah, and it looks, but it still looks like a car. It does, like, yeah. And it just has modifications on it rather than an actual Batman. Exactly. Yeah. This is feeling like Ghostbusters almost to me. Like, yeah, with a <laughs> souped up old car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. School bus engine. School bus engine. Yeah, yeah. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's your big boy. I like to think the door has, he pulls the lever and the door goes. <laughs> <laughs> no motorbike though? No? Not yet. Oh. <laughs> so we cut to a six-story warehouse near Gotham Docks uh, and there's a service entrance. When clang, the doors fly off its hinges in skids and sparking across the parking lot is the, the gate behind the Batmobile. It's on chain, so it's, he's oh, ripped he's off the gate yep. to come through. Enter the Batman. He jumps out of his car and all these goons come and they, they level all their shotguns at him. And he says, and I quote, Two options. Tonight, you men can go to prison or to the prison hospital. The choice is yours. They all level their shotguns at him. That's the one I'd hope you pick. 
And he, he, he can, continues to wail on these guys and beat them off. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he describes it as he leaps into the fray is how they oh, describe good, it in the script good he, so he takes on the whole squad of goons and he actually fights his way up the docks all the way up to a strata almost like a mini version of the raid oh, oh yeah I was going to say yeah, isn't yeah. that straight yeah. out of um, look, Daredevil as well yeah, yeah Daredevil yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. so he fights his way through the goons all the way to a strata and he managed to inject a strata with what he calls Truth serum and the worst acid trip of your life. That's what he's just injected in there. Hang on, hang on. Batman oh. has got, got, got like a little concoction yeah. Yeah. sort of thing. Stabs yeah. Strider in the neck. We now cut to Strider. He's duct taped to a flagpole and he's screaming at the top of his lungs about how he brings the girls in from overseas and how they pay off Commissioner Loeb. And Loeb, he runs the whole show and the police, they're all in on it. He's screaming all this at the top of his voice. And we see a corrupt cop on the scene. He says to the junior cop, cut him down before someone hears. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, grimy. So Estrada yeah, is at the okay. top dog. No, okay, that's good. So it is. It's back it's in Loeb. the yeah. It's back Commissioner in the police Loeb. force. Yeah. Who'd have thought they, the blatantly the, corrupt police commissioner was in behind, behind it all it along? Yeah. So we cut to the Gotham Justice Building in the morning. The Batman sits in his Lincoln Continental across the street from the police station. And at this point, he's totally he's messed up. He's near death. He's just fought a million goons. He's bleeding badly, and his clothes there hang in tatters. There's blood puddles in the footwells of his car. And he listens to a tape of Estrada's confession. So he taped it. Oh, good. He's got evidence. But he's almost blacking out, so he, he drives off. Little, we cut to Little Owl now. We haven't heard from Little Owl. Oh, yeah, what's up now, Little Owl? Oh, uh, yeah. Little Owl. What's Owl short for? Alistair. Nope. Alex. Nope. Alex, you want to take a guess? Alfredo. Alfredo. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Little Owl. Is Alfred Afraid in this movie? Okay. Alf- so okay. So wow. Okay. Good. Little Al, he finds the Batman lying unconscious on the floor of his apartment, and he's lost a lot of blood. So Bruce comes around in bed, and Little Al, he's patched him up. He's repaired him, and he tells Bruce that he can heal what's on the outside, but he can't heal what's going on on the inside of Bruce. And most men like Bruce, they'd be locked up in Arkham Asylum for something like this. <laughs> so first mention of Arkham Asylum. Yeah, first mention of Arkham Asylum. Yeah, so we so better yeah. cut to Arkham Asylum, where oh, we do. Oh, really? Yep. Gordon, he's following an orderly through a large, time-worn Victorian building. And there's a pair of orderlies. They pass, wheeling a young, very pale man in a straitjacket. He has greenish hair. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I'm not going to bury a lead. That's the only joke you're going to get. Oh, really? Young man okay. gets wheeled past okay. with green hair. But he knocks on the office door and it's marked Dr. Patricia Holcomb, MD, PhD, director. So he's, he's talking to the head of Arkham Asylum here, yeah. Dr. Patricia Holcomb. And he's, he's meeting her to get some context around this figure he's searching for, the Batman. Thank you for seeing me, doctor. I'll try not to take up too much of your time. Not at all, detective. I've been following your vigilante case with some interest. An intriguing mind. I look forward to hosting it if that's possible. You say that as if you don't think we're going to catch him. I'm not sure you can. Not alive, anyway. I've read the files you sent over. They describe a man who inhabits a delusional world of great danger and violence. Danger, violence. Sounds about right for the East End. Ah, but this mind inhabits a world more horrible than the East End. A world so threatening and dangerous that it's had to create a new persona, a new identity to cope. This guy's become a demon in order to fight his demons. Exactly. 
Now, normally, this kind of delusion represents the terminal stage of a suicidal psychosis. He's trying to kill himself. Yes and no. Something is keeping it going. A quest or a mission of some sort. Much like the Crusaders in ancient Europe, who were capable of great feats by virtue of their belief or faith. You mean flying, x-ray vision? Nothing like that, I assure you. More like mothers lifting cars off children during emergencies. Or even monks and yogis whose faith allows them to do incredible things with their bodies. So, how do I catch him? You know, before his faith does any more great feats to the citizens of this city. I'm afraid that's your problem, detective. My job is knowing what makes them tick, not what makes them run. I will tell you this, though. That mind is starting to enjoy its work. It's capable of anything. (sighs) Come on, Doctor. What do I do? How do I stop him before he kills someone? I suppose you strike at the weaknesses. What is this great delusion protecting? It didn't just come into being overnight. It started long ago with a young boy being terribly, terribly hurt. Huh. Interesting. Thank you, Doctor. Okay, so we're getting a bit of psychology behind the Batman here. Okay, so they're going back to these, uh, back to his roots. I, I do love the psychosomatic, like looking into. Okay, what makes him tick? What do we think of the idea that they're essentially explaining what sometimes happens to like crazed gunmen, where they crave what's called suicide by cop, in which they're going to cause such mm. a panic that the police have literally no option but to take them out in like a blaze of glory and. It's all. I mean, it's Travis Bickle, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Essentially, exactly. it's Travis Bickle. Yeah. It feels like we're going into that same final scene in Taxi Driver. Where he's like, "Yeah, I'm just going to kill everyone. I yeah. don't care if I survive at the end or not." Yeah. Yes, that Rob Pattinson does say in the Batman, "I don't care what happens to me. I don't care if yeah, I die that's true, as well." Yeah. Um, the difference between this, I'm going to also point out a parallel to Batman Forever. Which Nicole Kidman playing Doctor Meridian, Meridian Chase, Chase, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, she's also a psychologist. Yeah, she doesn't quite go as deep into into the psychology. She mainly says, "You like rubber, huh?" <laughs> <laughs> Where, whereas Doctor Patricia Holcomb is more like he is trying to kill himself. He doesn't care what happened. He's clearly got trauma in his life, and he's mentally unstable. Yeah, she's a she's a way better doctor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's why she runs Arkham Asylum <laughs> yeah. and not Doctor Meridian Chase. <laughs> So Gordon, he's, he's leaving Arkham. And as he does, a reporter approaches him and she manages to kind of goad him into finally talking to the press about some of this corruption. Gordon's had it by this point. He turns around and says, what do you want to know? We now cut to Loeb's office. He's talking with Mayor Noon. Ooh, we suspected the, the him. The upstanding Mayor Noon. <laughs> yeah. And they discuss what, they, what they're going to do about Gordon and the Batman. See, things are not good, but you know what? They're off to a party soon. With Estrada. Oh, God. And some of the best girls to sort this all out. So what they've done is they've essentially used their connections. They've freed Estrada. And now they're going to have a big party. But it's on their mind. Gordon's talking to the press. Batman seems to be targeting this prostitution yeah, yeah. ring. Something's got to go down. As all of this is happening, outside the office, we see that Batman, he's put a small contact microphone on the window. And he's been listening. And he grins. He's been invited to a party too. So we cut back to Dent's office. So Dent, uh, so Gordon, I should say, talked to the press. Not a popular man in the police station. You might imagine after that. So he bursts back into Dent's office. What's up, Jim? 
you look terrible. <sighs> my office was ransacked. They were at my apartment, too. Broke the locks, tossed the place. They tried to make it look like it was burglars. But I think it was Flass and his crew looking for my file. I'm not surprised. After that news story, you're likely to be public enemy number one to those guys. In fact, that file may be the only thing keeping you alive at this point. Great! Because they found it, and they took it! Here, sit down. Have some coffee. You gotta get out of town. Disappear for a while. Right. I'll go up to a cabin in the woods and die of multiple accidental gunshot wounds to the back. Jesus, calm down, Jim. Just take it easy. There has to be something you can do. Nope. Business as usual for me. I play the good soldier, stay low, and hunt for my back. They don't want you to catch the vigilante. They would give you some manpower if they did. And when you capture the guy, they're gonna crucify you on the news. This guy's becoming a saint to some people. He's a terrorist, Harvey. A dangerous psychopath. Who knows how far he'll take his personal war on crime. Yeah, it's really scary to think how far a guy will go to rid this town of crime. So it's not looking good for Gordon. No. He has, off camera, had all of his evidence that he's been collecting over the movie. Yeah, Office ransacked, yeah. evidence stolen. See you later. Is not in a good way. He's going to get beaten up again, no doubt. <laughs> I think the clock is ticking for old Gordon. Oh, no. <laughs> but he still doesn't side with Batman. Batman yeah, and he's still, a... still calling him a terrorist, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. Gordon, come on, mate. Get on board. So we now cut to a limo. It's rolling through the darkened streets. And as it passes, <laughs> this is what it says in the script. The prostitutes read whores, as Frank Miller wrote it. Okay. The prostitutes around the area fly into a frenzy <laughs> around this limo that's passing oh through. <laughs> they desperately prostrate themselves before the car. All but one. She's different, confident. That's Selena. Yeah, She's dressed in knee-high black boots, a black leather pants, and a leather halter top. And she wears a wig and carries a whip. The the window goes down the limo. We see Loeb. He points at her. That one. Oh, oh God. So we cut to Loeb's mansion in the master bedroom. Selena lies on his four-poster bed with a tacky mirror and silk bedroom. So... Very heavily indicating post-coital yeah, <laughs> at this okay. point. Well, it's interesting because they, they said she, she was like uh, S&M sort of thing. So that's yeah. where the whip comes from. Yes. Because, yeah. yeah, she's usually yeah. always... Yeah. They add the black leather and stuff. Yeah, yeah, they've, yeah they've tried yeah, to explain yeah. it away. Yeah. Uh, so she's she's on the bed in, in his bedroom. But Loeb, he's down in the living room and he's hosting Man Noon and various other police and uh, Estrada yeah. and all, all the top wigs at this huge opulent mansion. And it describes there's women and drugs everywhere. On every surface. They're having a debaucherous little yeah, time. Okay. Now that Selena is alone in the bedroom, she grabs one of the satin pillowcases and she starts filling it with loot. She's robbing him, you see. Good. She's got her way into this big house. Yeah, I like this. I like she, this. She enters his private study. She makes her way to his desk and she grabs some papers that draw her attention. It's Gordon's stolen papers. She puts them into the pillowcase. Oh, she, she flicks them a bit. Goes, this is interesting. Puts them into the pillowcase. And then she just dumps the whole drawer into her pillowcase. But suddenly, she's kind of set upon by two guards. And they say, what are you doing here? You can't be. They see what she's doing. And they start shooting at her to try and stop it. Oh, she geez. ducks behind a desk covering for the... You know, they, they've pretty much got her surrounded at this point. She's in a, uh, an office with no way out behind the desk and they're shooting at her. 
when what should smash through the wall but a Lincoln Continental. Oh, really? <laughs> crashes, crash, crashes into the into, oh, wow. the into the study. <laughs> oh, wow. The door swings open. Selena looks up to see the Batman. He tells her to get in. She does. The heavy Lincoln Continental, it drives across the lawn of the opulent mansion. And from all directions, security guards are now opening fire with machine guns and shotguns and Uzis and all kinds. And they're raking the car with bullets, but they seem to just kind of fly off the car. Selena... <laughs> Again, this is from the script. Selena stares at the Batman, a little turned on. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Oh, my God. (laughs) Really? Frankie, Frankie, Frankie. You'd be great. Can't help yourself. So there's a brief kind of car chase scene here. Um, They're they're getting... They jump in cars and they they make chase. It also points out that um, all the big Loeb and Noon and all the higher-ups completely dazed. Like, oh, my God, what just happened? We were just an assault on the mansion. So, after a brief car chase, the darkened Lincoln swerves to a stop in the woods. And as soon as it stops, Selena slips out the door of the car and she starts running. Batman gives chase. Remember, he's been looking for her. He wants to know Mm. what the hell happened in that grudge. Did he kill Campbell? Did she kill Campbell? He doesn't know what happened. All he knows, he needs to catch her, find out what she knows about the garage man that was there, what she knows about the detective, and find out all this. And he managed to tackle her onto the ground into the wet grass. You really didn't think you could run from me, did you? Selena swipes with her claws. Batman dodges. I'm taking you in. I will not allow murder. Not even for revenge. Whoa! Slow down. I didn't kill that bastard. I just prettied him up a little. Nothing you haven't done. I'm innocent. You hit the garage mechanic. The cop. Is dead. I didn't kill him. Then the garage mechanic did. No. Chi-Chi came in as I was marking Campbell. He killed him. Said the scumbag cop had taken enough of his money. He was going to kill me too. <sighs> had me pinned. Was trying to cut my wrist with those switchblades of his. Wanted it to look like murder-suicide. But Holly showed up. We fought. Right there on his cheek. I gave him a nice little something to remember me by and got the hell out of there. I figured you could take care of yourself, garage boy. How did you? Darling, in my whole life, I've only met one real man. I'm not about to forget his eyes. You're not going to try to knock me out again, are you? The mangled Lincoln pulls up to a curb on an empty street. I have this bad feeling that the only way I'm ever going to see you again is if I continue my life of crime. I wouldn't recommend that. You didn't do so well on your debut. Yeah, well, practice makes perfect, right? Batman holds up the pillowcase. Aren't you forgetting something? Keep it. There's something in there I think you'll find interesting. Okay, so That's good. we now see Batman has all of the evidence. But also, Selena, she didn't kill Campbell either. Yeah, so now we know. She but was it- trying to rob him. Chi-Chi the pimp came in and he 
killed the cop. I like it how it's also alluding to sort of Catwoman year one as well. Yeah. Like yeah. she's mm. sort of shit at stealing yeah. and stuff like that. And she's sort of figuring out. And then she's like, oh, look, I might have to keep robbing to see you again. Yeah. Sort of stuff. Yeah. Oh, sort of okay. She might have to steal a few books from the library and learn about <laughs> how to burgle properly. <laughs> Imagine if every villain origin was that they went to the library. library. Yeah. And it's mm. always the same librarian every time. Yeah, Riddler's doing a Sudoku. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> How yeah. to create complex riddles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we cut back to Bruce's apartment, and it's now jam packed with crime fighting equipment. And he reads Gordon's files. He's in, like he's intensely reading them over his cramped little desk. And Little Owl comments that he's running out of room in here for all this operation. So Little Owl he leads Bruce down the door and into a dark and dusty stairwell winding down into an underground train repair chamber. Train oh. repair? Go ahead and ring that bell, Eden. That's the Batman. But yeah, the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> then they go down into the little underground bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the Batcave in this is an underground train repair depot underneath the uh, car repair thing. This, yeah. In the Batman, his Batcave is an underground train repair depot into Wayne Tower. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, because yeah, he, yeah. he he wow. it shows him going through the the motorbike into the train depot along the train lines. And yeah, parks up Dude, so, yeah, that's right. Yeah, interesting, isn't it? Far out. Lil Al throws a heavy Frankenstein style switch, flooding the uh, black chamber with light. Lil Al explains that his father brought it from the Wayne Corporation, and it used to be a train repair shop. And Bruce, he loves it. He's loving this. <laughs> he loves it. <laughs> Big smile, no teeth, etc. <laughs> so the hunt for the Batman. It's been kicked into high gear. And Gordon, he now has dozens of cops working with him. His cramped little office has been replaced with a full-size situation room. So this is off the back of the mansion getting yeah, attacked. Yeah. And they're like, oh, we got to take this We really got to yeah, stop yeah, yeah. this guy. So we cut to the east end in the sidewalk. That one block that, <laughs> that they yeah, have created for this movie. Back to you. We, see a, we see a well-dressed man and a woman and a small boy. They're walking hand in hand through the bad part of town. A thug is following them. The Batman, he's watching this on a nearby rooftop. The mugger, he wrenches the purse free and he takes off running down the street. But the Batman does nothing. Gordon, he watches all this from a crappy police car. He's frustrated. His trap hasn't worked. Oh. So they're trying to lure him out. What, with a fake mugging? Well, remember the the psychiatrist said something happened to a young boy here. Yeah, yeah. So they're setting up pretty much the murder of the Waynes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Batman, he didn't fall for it. Didn't take the bait. So... The couple and child, they head towards a car and Gordon thanks them. Thanks, thanks for your help. And he's alone now. He's walking back to his car. Suddenly, Batman comes out of the shadows and he says, We can work together. You don't need to trap me here. Suddenly, police everywhere. This was the real trap. Are you kidding me? (laughs) There's a trap within a trap. Inside a trap. Batman realizes what he's done. He's messed up. And he... Legs it, essentially. And as he does, he tackles Gordon as he, as he runs past him. But you see, he slips something into Gordon's coat as he does. And he runs off into an abandoned tenement building. Now, this is probably the most famous scene from the comic book. An entire issue of the four issues is dedicated to a tenement building that Batman is trapped in, and it's surrounded by the cops, and he doesn't know how to get out. And they kind of recreate and expand this scene in the movie. So he runs into the tenement building, and a SWAT team, they, they swarm the place. And it's a full-scale assault on the building. So they start firing on the building. SWAT teams are in there. Batman Batman essentially is like his big fight for survival. And it has all the key Batman action scene elements. 
there's a scene where the SWAT team are looking down a hallway at an elevator and the ding goes and the elevator doors open but no one's in there. Suddenly Batman comes out. I'm going to ring the yeah, bell yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> this is exactly from the Batman. Exactly the Batman. <laughs> the Essentially, cut, yeah. you know how he goes into the... It's a nightclub in the Batman. Yeah. It's that in the tenement building. Yeah, he's exactly. fighting his way up. Yeah. Uh, but he's, he's desperately looking for a way out. And he does finally manage to escape the chaos by going straight like down to the bottom into a bathroom and he actually escapes via the sewers at the bottom of the building and he, he makes his way back up the sewers. That's how he escapes. Mm, gross. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And he refrains it. <laughs> so they didn't catch him he managed to escape everyone's bummed out Gordon's leaving and he puts on his jacket he's puzzled he pulls something out and he finds Bruce's uh, tape like the confession and a bit of microfilm so Bruce has essentially given him all of the evidence that Gordon needs needs now Mm. he's holding it up into the light the little microfilm and his jaw drops we now cut to a bar Gordon and his best mate quote unquote just mates dent <laughs> <laughs> they're sitting in there they're in the back of this little bar having a Marlboro cigarette discussing what's just happened <sighs> he risked his life to get me those files he could have mailed them <sighs> no uh, not really a style like that I think he read my files and wanted to be friends allies I don't know he's, he's obviously crazy but He's not the wild animal I thought. So what are you going to do? There was more in those files than just my report. Evidence, Harvey. It's all laid out. What kind of evidence? It's the jackpot. It corroborates everything we suspected. Loeb is in bed with the biggest names in Gotham's underworld. got his accounting books. It's amazing. That could never be admissible in court. Probably not. But at least not all of it. But there should be enough to get a strata at least. And who knows? If we play our cards right? It's dangerous, Jim. Who knows what they would do if they knew you had those files? That's the thing. No one knows. The Batman slipped them to me in front of half a dozen officers. No one saw a thing. It was like a reverse pickpocketing. I think we can make this work. They've now got everything they need. Great. They've got everything on Loeb. They've got everything on Estrada. They've got microfilm. They've got microfilm. <laughs> I, I haven't seen enough microfilm in films yeah. since like the yeah the 60s and Jimmy Stewart and What's stuff. What's your favourite microfilm <laughs> in a film? Yeah, well, North by Northwest. That's <laughs> yeah. like that's the go-to microfilm film. The great microfilm <laughs> moment in cinema history. Yeah. <laughs> and remains so as this never came out. Yeah, mm. yeah that's true. <laughs> this could have supplanted it. But no, sadly not. So we cut to Gordon and Dent and a dozen uniform officers and they crowd the front stoop of a sidewalk in a warehouse. And at the front door, a strider in his, his bathroom. And they hold up the subpoena. They got him. Oh, they yeah. got all the evidence. We cut to the Batcave. Bruce, he's wrapped in numerous bandages and he's working on a black motorcycle. Oh, good. Uh, he, at this point, his head completely shaved. He's completely shaved his head. Oh, wow. That's mm, very and Travis Bickle. No mohawk, oh, but well, close yeah, enough. Of course, yeah. Well, yeah. what there is is a crisscross of stitches all the way down the back of his head. Oh, so he okay. clearly had like his skull something cracked open throughout all the action in the oh, film. Geez. Probably from the warehouse, I assume. And Little Al is assisting him. The local TV news, they show a red-faced lobe pushing through a mob of reporters to get to his office. The news, so... 
there's been allegations, but they've yet to get Loeb. But yeah. they've reported on his corruption. He's, he's trying to get all the reporters away. The news again switches to the search of the missing Bruce Wayne. <laughs> the oh, come back to that. The little, heir uh, of Wayne's fortune. You thought we forgot about that yeah, thread, yeah, yeah. but we hadn't. And little Al, he finally puts it all together. This young Bruce that he knows, that's Bruce Wayne. Oh my God, it must be. It must be Bruce Wayne because, you know, they look alike. <laughs> and uh, so this is the first time that little Al has ever known. Oh my God, I've been This is the Bruce first Wayne. time. Yep. We cut to Gordon's apartment at night. It's dark and quiet. And suddenly he's awoken by something. It's the familiar silhouette of Batman on his windowsill. Loeb is up to something. Warren Dent. It's going down tonight, but I don't know what it is yet. I think I know a way to find out. Mm, what's going on? Uh, nothing, hon. I've got to go to work. That's and this does a classic thing, of course. He turns back to the window and he's gone. Batman's gone. Yeah. Batman's gone. Mm. And it says, it describes all that remains is a pool of blood because Batman is consistently bleeding, bleeding throughout this whole movie. I love that as a character toucher. He's just leaking blood at all times. <laughs> love it. just red stains everywhere on his clothes. Yeah, wow. Well. <laughs> um, that's a classic. That's probably the most classic Batman scene we've got yet, right? On yeah, the windowsill, warning Gordon, something's yeah. going down. Yeah. We're starting to form something to a Batman that we recognise. So, Gordon, <laughs> so he needs to know what's going on in the warehouse. So, who would he go to the information? Well, he's going to beat it out of Flash using the same baseball bat that he used on oh, him. Oh, the very same. Wow, okay. He manages to track so down Gordon Flash. Gordon, like, beats... Well, wow, Gordon doesn't usually do that. Again, taken from the comic here. Okay. Gordon does get beaten up with a baseball bat and then beats, then beats up. Yeah. So, he so it beats is the true information. to the character. So we it like is true that. to the character. <laughs> yeah. He beats the information out of Flass. He's using the same baseball bat that he used to beat him. But Flass won't talk. In fact, he's kind of reveling in this idea that Gordon's coming unstuck. All that he tells him is, Be sure to say, hide it and for me. Oh. Gordon suddenly stops. See, Gordon's wife, Anne, she's being kidnapped. And Gordon, it's too late, because as he arrives back at his apartment, he sees four police officers and Commissioner Loeb. They're stuffing her in the back of an SUV as he's arriving. The cops start opening fire. One even hits Gordon kind of in the stomach. Gordon manages to take out three of the four uniformed officers from his position. The surviving cop, with the help of Loeb, manages to stuff the pregnant Anne into the SUV. And the last cop punches the gas and shoots for the door. But the Batman stands, blocking the exit. Because they're in like an apartment building at the moment. And in front of him, he's standing in front of his black motorbike, blocking the exit. The truck accelerates. He's going to crash straight through him. But instead of getting out of the way, the Batman vaults over the hood of the SUV and it crashes straight through the motorbike. That's literally the end of the motorbike in the script. (laughs) (laughs) They build up to it and nothing happens. Other than prior to this, you see him driving through the sewers to get there. The SUV careens wildly and crashes into a parked car and rolls over. Batman's still holding onto the van at this point, by the way. Loeb, he, uh, the, the driver taken out in the crash. Yeah. Loeb, he pulls Anne down the street now. He's bloody and he's bruised and he's trying to get away. He's pulling Anne by her hair. And he's bleeding badly from a huge gash in his forehead. He seems to be a little bit dazed. Bruce falls from the SUV onto the sidewalk amid a shower of shattered safety glass. And interesting I mentioned Bruce there, not the Batman. Because his oh. uniform, 
it's in tatters. His mask is completely gone. Oh, no. It got taken out in the wreck. But he tries to get to his feet and he stumbles and falls. He's very unsteady. Gordon also pulls himself across the street by sheer force of will. He bleeds all over. So many people bleeding. are bleeding. <laughs> Streets are bathed with blood. Bleeding uh, from his gut wound. And his gun is now slippery from blood and it's hard to hold. Loeb stops and he turns and he fires at his two pursuers. And they throw themselves behind a couple of parked cars as glass rains down on them. What are you doing here? Checking terror. What else? I mean, sun's coming up. Better hurry. I'm out. The Batman draws a nasty-looking throwing knife from his boot. Both men stand to face Loeb. He points his gun at Gordon, then the Batman. Don't make me do it. Let her go. You won't do it. You don't kill! I have no such reservations, Loeb. <laughs> You're empty. If you had a shot, I'd be dead by now. I... Walk! He keeps dragging Anne along the street into an urban park. Take him! She's too close! <laughs> You've got nothing. I've seen your face. I've got the woman, and you won't kill me. It's against your code. Do it! Batman pinches the edge of his knife. He takes a deep breath. Ah! And sinks deep ah! into Loeb's eye. I've got a lot of coats. Batman crouches over Loeb. Here's a little something to remember me by. Anne runs to her husband. Oh, Jim! You've been shot. Oh, it went right through. I'll be all right. Are you okay? I'm fine. You look kind of hurt. I'll be all right. With a little help from my friends. And who are your friends? I don't know. Who are you? I'm a cop. Who are you? I'm the Batman. Gordon points down to Loeb. Batman has carved a tiny Z in his cheek, emblematic of the Zorro logo. That doesn't look like the mark of a bat. It's a gift. A kid I used to know. Long time ago. Siren's hmm. coming. You better go. Uh, just so you know, I'm practically blind without my glasses. <laughs> Batman turns back, throwing Gordon's glasses back to him from across the street. See you around, detective. A truck comes between the two. It appears to be an Al and Sons garbage truck. Thanks. Batman is gone again. Batman. So how do we feel about Batman carving the Zorro logo into the face of Commissioner Loeb? No, no, you've you've gone down the you've gone down the avenue of the bat motif. Now yeah. you're not going back to the Zorro thing, unless he literally killed, like he literally killed your parents. But even then, put just go stick with the bat. Stick with the bat. How how are you feeling about it, Alexi? That's a pretty intense scene. Yeah, it feels weird because it's like almost feels corny and it feels like <laughs> so much of this movie is trying to remove any of the corniness of comic book heroes and the Batman and just go for the gritty realism of it all. So it feels like this tonal shift that sits a bit strangely in the movie. Yeah. I will also say that it's funny that this is the first time he's appeared on the windowsill, he said, mm -hmm. gone down in the yeah. way. This is like the most Batman it's kind of got. 
Yeah. And then he goes and carves something <laughs> into someone's face, yeah. which is a very un Batman thing to do. To, yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's interesting. But uh it does imply that like everyone's kind of seen his face like Commissioner Gordon or yeah. Detective Gordon has now seen his face and he kind of knows obviously he doesn't know he's Bruce Wayne because no one no does one knows Bruce, Bruce, Bruce Wayne. <laughs> yeah. But they, they, they kinda of know each other now. He makes that little joke about oh don't worry, I can't say anything without my glasses. Again, a line directly taken from the comic book. But they've managed to take down this prostitution ring. They've got Hooray. they've got Loeb. We now cut to a glamorous living room. This is we're wrapping up the film now. Yeah. We see an unseen figure. They're walking around as a TV is playing. So much exposition is just on TVs, by the way. Mm. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. TV is playing a news report of Jim Gordon and his the rescue of his wife, the takedown of Loeb. And Gordon and his wife, they're set to make a complete recovery. They mention Flass. He's also been charged. But Mayor Noon, it seems that he's unlikely to face charges. The mysterious intruder lifts an exquisite oil painting off the wall. We cut to Bruce Wayne now. He stands in a vast classical garden amid weeds and tall grass. Bruce looks down at the cardboard shipping box full of letters and they're burning in a brick fire pit. He's let go now. But he, he does write one last letter to his father. December 18th. Dear father, you've taught me well showed me who I am, and I know what it takes to be a man in this world. For that, I am grateful, but I am ready to find my own way now. I will make the most of my inheritance, and I will always honor your memory. Night is falling. I've got work to do. Your loving son, Batman. So he's now accepted who he is he's, and yeah. what he needs to do. He's burning the letters to his father. He's calling himself yeah, the Batman. Batman yeah. As this happens, little Al bursts out of the back patio door of a fabulous old world mansion. Bruce smiles as he heads up to the home with, with little Al. And the news reports that the missing millionaire, Bruce Wayne, has returned to Gotham City and claimed his fortune. Interesting enough, millionaire in this, not billionaire. Yeah, billionaire. yeah that's true. Change, <laughs> yeah, they haven't times. adjusted for change inflation. Times. The stakes uh, are much lower. Just, yeah. just <laughs> also the financial stakes are too. Yeah, he, he can't buy all of his equipment in one go. He really <laughs> needs to pad that out. So we do cut back to that opulent living room. And we see that Selena, she's the one that took the oil painting. Yep. She's working on the wall safe. And she's wearing, at this point, a sexy black leather cat burglar suit, complete with ears, claws, and a tail. They don't explain why she's a done tail. that. <laughs> she's done that now. <laughs> and the, the whip hangs on her hip. And she watches Bruce Wayne on the TV. She smiles ear to ear, and she licks her lips. She says, mm, The plot thickens. Because she recognises that's the only man yeah. she's ever met. Casually, the Catwoman scoops out a glamorous diamond necklace and clasps it around her neck. But suddenly, the alarms sound. Oops. She smiles and runs full speed over the stone roof deck and leaps onto the railing. And just for a moment, hangs in the air, high above the city, Gotham. And then she's gone. And then we cut to black. That's <laughs> wow. the end of the movie. There we go. Oh, it's uh, it's 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 a lot to take in. Yeah, I feel like I need a shower now. It's just so <laughs> dirt, grimy and ugh. Yeah. Um, obviously, we're only taking like initial reactions here. What do we think of this movie? I'm seriously surprised by it. I would say, like, 
it's interesting to see how much has been kind of picked from the corpse of this film. I didn't think that too much would ever really translate. This always seemed like it would be such a specific movie. But almost I'm surprised by how much it works. Like, I could see this happening now. Like, this could be Mm. the Batman to the Todd Phillips Joker. I mean, I don't like that Joker movie at all. I like this a little bit more. But um, it only wouldn't work now because it's been, like, stripped bare from all the stuff. And I... I didn't expect it to be an origin movie. Like, I didn't expect us to get to the point where we've almost... The next movie could be just a normal Batman movie with a villain of some kind. I thought it would still be subversive all the way through. And to the point where I almost thought that we would find out that Bruce was not actually Bruce Wayne. He was, like, the kid of the guy that killed Bruce Wayne and his oh. parents. And he killed, like... Oh, and the mugger wow. killed little Bruce Wayne as well. And he was just, like, the kid of that guy. And that's why he remembers it from... He remembers that stuff, but not from the right from perspective. From a different point of view. Yeah. yeah. I honestly think that if Aronofsky heard that pitch from you, Alexi, he'd love it. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, we got to go back to the script. I got to change some shit. <laughs> I know it was cancelled. I don't care. I'm still changing it. <laughs> no, um, no bat signal. They didn't bring the bat signal out. Yeah, no bat signal. Yeah, you know what? I've never noticed that until you just pointed yeah, out that yeah, there is yeah, no yeah. bat signal. Big, yeah, that's all right. That's yeah. all right. It's, it's more of a year two thing anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it, it's pretty gritty. Uh, but, of course, what we want to answer on mm. this, this show is what happened. And I'm going to change this up a little bit. I'm going to ask you. Why do you think it was cancelled? I guess the studio would be getting fully cold feet by something feet, like yes. this. Yes. It is such a drastic move. It makes sense now when we have seen two decades of superhero movies to have kind of revisionist superhero movie, a genre take on a superhero movie. But back in, what, 2001, 2000 yeah. we're looking at? Yeah. We've got X-Men and almost we have Spider-Man and just yeah, the yeah. other Batman movies from before and the Superman movies with like Christopher Reeve and stuff. So I don't think we have any sense of like what a superhero movie should be, but maybe we have a sense of what a superhero movie should not be. And I reckon this one's fucking ringing every alarm bell that they've yep. got. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. 100%. It's, the, it's when you think about trying to market this film to that sort of audience and stuff. I, I just don't see a studio at the time going like, oh, yeah, look, we know the angle for this. I think you've, you've both hit the nail pretty firmly on the head. Uh, so this is what Aronofsky said. I think that Warner Brothers always knew that this could never happen and they could never make something like this. And I think rightfully so because four-year-olds buy Batman stuff. So if they release a film like that, every four-year-old is going to be screaming at their moms to take him to see it. And they really, really need a PG property. But there are there was a hope that at one point, in the same way that DC Comics puts out different types of Batman titles for different ages, that they might be able to be doing the same for movies at different levels. I was pitching to them an R-rated adult fan-based Batman, a hardcore version that we would do for not much money. It wouldn't get any breaks from anyone because it's Warner Brothers and it's Batman. But you could do it for a smart price, raw and edgy, and make it less for the fans and more for adults. Maybe shoot it on Super 16 and maybe release it after you release a PG one and say, that one's for kids, this one here is for adults. Wow, oh, wow. this is Joker, okay. dude. That's exactly it what is Joker, isn't it? <laughs> said. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Okay. So the interesting the interesting thing then is he was like, they're never going to make this, mm-hmm. but I'm going to make it, if I could make it super fucking cheap 
and it could just yeah. make back its money, then there's still a chance. Which is, it. again, look at the scale of it. There's the warehouse assault and the mansion assault are probably the two big action scenes. Mm. But comparatively to what has come, come since, yeah. and even the Nolan movies, it's pretty small. Yeah, it's a pretty yeah, yeah, small scale movie. Wise. The other thing, because even they had this exact same argument when they did when Tim Burton came back for um, Batman Returns. And, yeah, they're trying to make grotesque penguin like things in happy meals they're yeah, trying to give yeah. them, like because they were just like this is the this is the friend this is the marketing that we need to do we need to get it out like this so yeah there's no way they were doing that anything like that with this film so frank miller has also talked a little bit about this as well and he has claimed that of the two of them it was actually darren aronofsky that was pushing for the darker tone and what frank frank was writing a script and he said aronofsky kept saying to him it's not dark enough it's not dark enough you need to go darker you need to go more warm what do you mean bruce has teeth <laughs> Get rid of that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess that makes sense because Frank Miller would have a little bit more allegiance to adapting the character in some way and introducing people to the character on a bigger cinematic scale. So I guess yeah. I can see why he's in that corner. But Aronofsky is like, yeah, I want to make the movie I want to make, which is mm. Serpico with freaking people's heads getting cut off and stuff in it. <laughs> And I would like if you look at any director like Aronofsky in their young years, I think they pride themselves on being real yeah. subversive mm-hmm. and gr- this ain't your Popper's Batman movie kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, so totally. I can imagine him being like, I'm gonna make the most fucked Batman you've ever seen. <laughs> so yeah, Frank Frank Miller had said it, it, people always assume the opposite that Frank was, was the, the one, one pushing it, yeah. Because Frank Miller's Batman is always a darker Batman and he's notorious for always deconstructing Batman as like the guy that dressed up like a bat is not okay. Yeah. Like he's definitely something wrong with him. But yeah, he's always claimed that Aronofsky was the one that was driving this. A couple of things have come from this. So Warner Brothers decided that, you know what? They were going to save Catwoman actually. They were going to um, save her for her own movie. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which, uh, whoops. We all know how that, <laughs> that panned out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then uh, now, Alexi, you, you alluded to this in episode one, but at this point- Warner Brothers taking all kinds of pictures from all kinds of filmmakers. We, we've covered uh, Batman vs. Superman, which is around mm. this time. And a pitch came in from Christopher Nolan and elements of Batman Year One essentially bled over into Batman Begins. But mm. Batman Begins is a page one rewrite. There's, of Okay, I'll admit, we were talking about all the things that have overlapped. Mm. None of this overlaps necessarily with Batman, Batman Year Begins, One. Yeah. Other than... Uh, there is a scene in which Batman escapes a warehouse in yep. Batman Begins. He uses his his bat signal. Yep. That is from the comic Batman Year One, but is not in the script. He doesn't use his bat signal in this. And Gordon has a son. Those are the two things. Yes, Gordon yeah, has yeah, a son. Yeah, much, yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. Uh, actually, yeah, you're right. He yeah. did copy it. Yeah. <laughs> Nolan. <laughs> so uh, Aronofsky from this, his next big project uh, was The Fountain. He went on to do The Fountain, yep. mm-hmm. which made a bunch of money, big hit, big The Fountain, everyone still talks about it yeah. now. Both critics and audiences <laughs> flocked to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Frank Miller, he did eventually direct, uh, he directed Sin City. Yeah. See, he's had a tumultuous relationship with Hollywood. He wrote Robocop 2 mm-hmm. and he hated how it came out. They changed a lot mm-hmm. of stuff on him. And through to that and this experience and Ronan not happening, he was pretty down on Hollywood. And eventually Robert Rodriguez convinced him to come and direct Sin City. Fun fact, we have a Robert Rodriguez project later on in this season yes, that we're going to cover. We but the question that we always want to answer on this podcast, do you think this movie would have been any good? Alexi, what do you think? 
This is such a tough one. I think that I think it would be good, but I don't know. I don't know if it would have resonated at the time. Like if people would want this kind of superhero movie back then. And I really do think it could have like changed the course of history. Do you think if this movie came back out in like the year 2000, 2001, would we have had two decades of superhero movies? Is Spider-Man nice enough to subvert whatever darkness this is bringing out into the mainstream? Yeah, maybe it would have completely Mm. either delayed or stopped the comic book movie boom because everyone thought the 2000s was the comic book movie boom Mm -hmm. little did they know yeah we're about to really get hit with the comic book movie boom i i almost think we we have had this film i think the batman is and and joker and between the two of them this has been yeah i think that's that's what we've ended up getting and you can see it like it does work in those in context i don't think the batman exists without this movie yeah, I'd agree yeah. with that. So much yeah. of it is taken. Yeah. And you know, like Matt Reeves is a good director in his own right, but cl- like whenever people come onto projects, they read previous drafts and mm. whatever. And we see it time and time again on this show that they end up going, oh, I love that element. And they'll incorporate it into their yeah, own. Yeah. And I think there are elements of this that very clearly come through in The Batman. Well, we've come to the end of our cancelled movie report on Darren Aronofsky and Frank Miller's Batman Year One. And you know what? We would just love it if you could subscribe. Be it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you like to listen. That really does help us get discovered in the charts. It would also be terrific if you could leave us a five-star rating, or most importantly of all, tell a friend. This movie didn't have a bat signal. Maybe create your own with our logo, (laughs) shine on into the sky. We're completely independent here at Cancel Movie Report, so your support really does mean the world to us. Uh, Alexi, thank you for joining us on the the Maiden 2 episodes of Season 3 of Cancelled Movie Report. I just know that if anyone loves this show, they're going to love Total Reboot and they're mm. going to love Finding Drago and Finding Desperado. Uh, but if they want to hear a little bit more, where can they follow you on social? What, what do you want to shout out? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram. I'm at This Is Alexi. You'll be able to find like all my podcasts from there. If you want to hear movie talk and chit chat and that kind of stuff, discussion, digression, and all that, um, we do all that every week on Total Reboot. Me and Cameron James, very funny comedian. Um, but thanks so much for having me, guys. I love your show. Yeah. It's been so fun hanging out. And honestly to finally scratch the itch that I thought could never be scratched <laughs> in seeing yes. and hearing and feeling what the freaking Darren Aronofsky Batman Year One movie was actually going to be and you know what Little Al my favourite Batman character now <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first and hey if you do love the show and you want to support us we would love it for you to join us over on Patreon we have a whole extra bonus podcast over there uh, it's a lot of fun and honestly it is the best way uh, to support the show it really helps to keep the show afloat it's quite an expensive show to produce we would also love to thank our amazing voice cast uh, including Cameron Logston as Batman and Ben Wagner as Detective Gordon and the rest of the amazing cast all of which you'll find credited in the episode notes and hey look what did you think of the movie and did we miss anything we'd love to hear from you you can always get in touch with us at cancelmovies at gmail.com or at cancelmovies on all the socials and maybe you have a cancel movie project you've always wanted to hear about why not let us know? You can fill out the form in the episode description alerting us to a project and we may just give it the full cancelled movie report treatment. I'm Michael Campbell. I've hosted and edited this episode. That handsome young man over there, that's Eden Porter. He's my co-host as well. Thank you very much for having me, Kembo. And we both produced the show. Ah, now, don't go anywhere because next week we have 
a cancelled Indiana Jones yes. movie. That bringing it back is it's called Indiana Jones: The City of the Gods, and much like this one. You're going to hear a lot of overlapping <laughs> get the, uh, interesting get information the bell ready. about it. <laughs> Written by Academy Award winner Frank Darabont. Oh, my God. If you can't wait, here's a quick sneak peek. Indiana Jones is back. I told you if I ever saw your face again, I'd pop you one. The cancelled fourth adventure. We're going after the lost city of the gods. <laughs> lost Dias? That city's not lost. It never existed. It's a myth, a fable. From screenwriter Frank Darabont. Marry me. Tell me you didn't know. Look me in the eye and tell me. Adventure still has a name. We're gonna need a torch. I must be dreaming. It's no dream. It's another lot. Indiana Jones and the City of the Gods. But until next time, take care. <laughs>